that's in place of glorious day. I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. Alright, I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. Give it a try. No. This is our little Yorkie, whom we named Bella. And, and the Italian word for beautiful is Bella. And we think that name very, very much fits her. Now, Bella just celebrated her second birthday a couple days ago. You know, when, the two when our two children grew into adulthood and, and struck out on their own, that left Karen and me with an empty nest. Well, it didn't stay empty for long because we filled it back up with not one, not two, but three dogs, or the kids, as Karen calls them. Now, each one of them has distinctly different personalities and strengths. Puppy superpowers, if you will. Our second dog, who is the leader of our little pack, is Bella's half-brother, and his name is Barkley. Barkley's superpowers are his leadership and intelligence. Barkley considers himself to be top dog of our little pack. And he always tries to make everyone see things his way, especially me. And I have to say that he usually succeeds. Now, Barkley, he also celebrated his second birthday on Christmas Day, no less. Our third dog, well, he's our one-year-old corgi, and his name is Bo. Now, Bo was a... Bo was a bit younger in this picture than he is right now, and, and quite a bit lighter. Now, Bo is still figuring out what his superpowers are. And so far, he's discovered the ability to eat with Hoover vacuum-like speed and efficiency. And the ability to produce little Lincoln logs when we take him outside after he's eaten. That brings us back to Bella, who, as you can clearly see by this picture, has the superpower of cuteness. Bella does everything cutely. She walks cutely, she eats cutely, she plays cutely. 
and boy does she sleep cutely. She rolls over for belly rubs at the slightest touch of your hand. Now Bella only weighs about four pounds, but she has enough attitude and personality for a 44-pound dog. Bella and Bo often have these chase sessions where they roar back and forth and back and forth through the house. But it may not be like you think because it's Bella who's in pursuit of Bo. You know, probably Bella's greatest superpower is that she doesn't let her small size hold her back, in the very least. As Mark Twain once said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. Wouldn't it be crazy to have superpowers, though? Think about that. To wake up one day and find that you have some unearthly ability. It seems like every other movie that comes out nowadays is a superhero picture. And, and most of the main characters, they have these incredible powers and, and just supernatural abilities. Someone recently conducted a poll, and in that poll, they asked people to select one superpower that they themselves would like to have. The choices were these, listen closely. Invulnerability, mind reading, incredible luck, super intelligence, genie-like magic, spider sense, super strength, the ability to fly, or x-ray vision. Which superpower do you think you would choose? Well, of the over 9,000 people who were polled, the most desired superpower was the ability to fly. Over 25% of those surveyed chose flight as their chosen superpower. Now I'm sure this morning that some of you are just sitting here reminiscing back to the times when with bath towel secured tightly around your neck and arms outstretched, you will pretend to soar over the earth. I just hope that none of you decided to do this from the top of your garage roof or from the old oak tree. It's too bad, you know, it's too bad that we don't have superpowers like flight or x-ray vision. I guess that um, some of us here will just have to get by on our um, super intelligence. And I threw that line in just to see Karen's reaction. You know, but granting superpowers, that's not how God operates at all. In fact, the Bible is full of accounts where extraordinary things were accomplished by very ordinary people. Like the story of David. David rose from a young shepherd boy to become king of Israel. He had several interesting chapters along the way. He was an ordinary, everyday guy who became a hero. In keeping with that hero and movie theme, you know, David, he, he kind of reminds me of a character, Luke Skywalker, from the Star Wars movie series. We met Luke in the first Star Wars movie when he was a young man, maybe, maybe even about the same age as David. Luke lived very humbly as a farmer with his aunt and uncle on a barren, nondescript planet. That location might not have been that different from the fields where, where David shepherded his sheep. Now, Luke went on to become a galactic hero, but not without having to overcome his own self-doubts about his ability to use his superpowers called the Force. 
Luke needed maybe a little reminder. Watch this. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. You know, there for a while, mired in his own self-doubt, Luke was kind of like the, um, the army of Israel when they found themselves up against an angry, trash-talking giant. Now, here the Israelites were about to face a rival army, the Philistines. When out marches this mean, foul-mouthed guy named Goliath who, by the way, stood over nine feet tall, as we saw in the children's message. Now, we've had some tall pastors from time to time here at Gethsemane. We've got Pastor Jake. We had Pastor Rick. But, you know, Gethsemane was even two, more than two feet taller than anybody who's ever stood up here and, and preached to you guys. And before you dismiss this story about David and Goliath as maybe some exaggerated legend or even as, as pure fiction, consider this fact. In modern-day history, the tallest guy ever was a fellow by the name of Robert Wadlow, and he grew to a height of 8 feet 11 inches tall. Now, Goliath, he offered the army of Israel the opportunity to end the battle quickly. He challenged them to send out their best soldier to go one-on-one -on -one in a fight to the death. Talk about your winner-take-all. Well, as the Israeli soldiers tried to figure out an exit strategy to this proposal, David's incredulous. He says, this guy insults both you and our God for 40 straight days, day and night, and you're just going to sit there and take it? Their reply, yeah, I think so. Well, all of us have faced situations that have a little similarity to the one that confronted Luke Skywalker or the army of Israel, where the odds seem maybe stacked against us, where goals can't be reached, where we've lost all hope. Sooner or later, everyone has to face their own Goliath. Now, maybe your Goliath is having more month than money. Maybe your Goliath is a failed relationship. Maybe your Goliath is failing health. Maybe your Goliath is simply that you just don't think that you're good enough. Most of the time we act like Luke Skywalker did. It's too big for me. I can't do it. So we run away from the problem. And the giant wins. Have you ever heard of a guy named Charles Templeton? Well, about 50 years or so ago, Charles Templeson was considered to be an even greater preacher than the Reverend Billy Graham, his good friend. The two of them brought God's message to people all over the world. Templeton founded a church in Canada that very, very quickly grew to a congregation of over 1,200 strong. But then his giant appeared. And he began to question his faith. He began to ask questions like, can the Bible be trusted? Why does God allow suffering? How can we reconcile our faith with science? 
Ultimately, Charles Templeton abandoned his faith and rejected Christianity. His giant won. But your giant doesn't have to win. But you say, you don't know what I'm facing. You have no idea what I have to deal with. My problem's just too big. My situation is impossible. I can't deal with it. Well, here's my Captain Obvious response to that. Life ain't easy. But you know what? Then again, Jesus never said it would be, did he? He told us in John 16, in this world, you will have troubles. But take heart. I have overcome the world. What I'm saying is, is that you are most likely and most certainly going to come up against giants in your life. But you don't have to let them win. Your giants are going to taunt you. They're going to defy you. And they're going to scare you. But through Christ, they can never beat you. The real battle that the army of Israel faced wasn't against a nine-foot-tall man. It was against their own fear. They knew that in strictly human terms, they couldn't beat the giant. And he knew it too. But David saw it differently. He told Goliath, this isn't our battle, it's God's battle. And you're going down. You know, the way David saw it, he wasn't fighting the giant. God was. When Goliath issued his challenge to the Israelites, their king offered a huge reward to the soldier who could slay the giant. But David, he understood the right reason to slay the giant. He marched out there by himself, not to earn a bag full of money or some other prize. He did it to glorify God. David's goal was for everyone to say, wow, look what God just did. Not, look at how great I am. We've all encountered people who have boasted, I beat my illness. I just made a ton of money. I overcame my addiction. I did this. I did that. But it's not about showing what we have done. It's about showing what God has done for us. And more importantly, what God is doing through us. David said to Goliath, You come at me with your sword, your spear, and your javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Now in those days, to say that you would come in the, in the name of someone, well, that meant that you had all the power and authority that person had. The power and authority had been given to you completely. If someone traveled in the name of the king, it meant that they were given all the respect and honor due the king himself. So when David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord, he knew that he had the authority given him directly from God. And David may have used stones, but his true weapon against the giant was the name of the Lord. So let's get back to the giants in your life. You know something? Satan controls your giants, and he wants them to reign over you. He wants them to discourage you. Ultimately, he wants them to defeat you. But because Jesus went to the cross for you, the power over you no longer exists. Listen to what Paul wrote about Jesus in Romans chapter 8. 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We live in an imperfect world that is rife with giants who come at us every single day. And by ourselves, we're overmatched against these giants that we have to face. But praise God, we don't have to do it by ourselves. Like little Bella does to her big corgi brother, who outweighs her by over 30 pounds, and like Luke Skywalker finally did with the evil emperor, we need to be bold and we need to be confident. Like David did to Goliath, we need to say to our giants, I come to you in the name of the Lord, the Almighty God. And through this power, I'm not afraid to face you. When we come into the battle for the right reasons, armed with the right weapons, that giant is surely going to fall. Don't tell God that you have a big problem. Tell your problem that you have an even bigger God. After all, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pray with me, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, we just want to, um, we just want to thank you for, for the word of the Bible, God, the, the stories that are in the Bible, the stories like David, where so much, Father, can be learned about what we can accomplish, God, if we just trust in you. So this morning, Lord, we just ask that you, that you be with us and that you just keep us mindful of that power and the fact that you're there whenever we need to call on you. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's move into that portion of our service where, where you have the opportunity to, to voice your prayer requests and your praise reports. And, and let's start with the prayer requests. Does anyone